Hello, I'm Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach. I am so excited about another episode of our podcast. This is episode number seven. We started this podcast to highlight local stories of faith and sports, and we have been overwhelmed by the response so far. So thank you to everyone who consistently downloads and listens to these episodes and shares them with your family and friends as we seek to further spread the message of Christ through stories, personal stories of faith and sports. And today's episode is going to be incredible. I am thrilled to be joined by the McGill family. The McGills live in Coppell, Texas, and I've known them just for a short couple months. We met through some mutual friends here in town and also through some interactions on Twitter of all places. Uh, Norris and Tanya are co-pastors, co-founders of Antioch Christian Church in Irving. They planted the church about 18 years ago. They just celebrated the 18th anniversary, and we'll hear more about that in our conversation today. And we're also joined by their younger son, Jonathan. So without further delay, let's jump right into the conversation and hear their story. All right, let's start with Tanya. Tanya, start with telling us a little bit of, about your family, maybe how long y'all been married, how many kids you have, whatever else you want the listeners to know. Okay. We've been married for 26 years, and we have three children, Ariel, our oldest daughter, she lives in Atlanta, and then we have a 20-year-old, well, he's almost 20, two months from being 20, Jarrell McGill. He graduated um, in 2016 from Coppell, and then, of course, we have Jonathan, our youngest, he's 17. Awesome. So, Norris, I mentioned in the intro about Antioch Christian Church, I'll just celebrate it. 18 years just this week, right? We did. And so I was, in preparing for this, I went and read the history of the church and was very encouraged by just the process of the home Bible study and you just following God's um, call and obedience and just trusting God. So tell us a little bit about the journey of starting Antioch. Uh, well, you're actually, you're sitting in the uh, main sanctuary. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Where we started uh, 18 years ago. Uh, but I was called into the ministry in 1995, and I, I ran from it, you know, just to try to give mm-hmm. you a, a real quick version. Uh, it got to a point where I couldn't run anymore, couldn't sleep. Uh, the Lord was just continuing to, you know, tap me and say, okay, it's time, it's time, it's time. And I finally went to my wife, and I said, okay, let's, we got to start this church. Wow. And she said, why don't you just go to school, go to seminary, <laughs> you know, sit on the a pastor for a few years. Uh, but that wasn't my assignment, and so I just went ahead and obeyed, and she was with me, you know, from the very beginning. Once she, she saw that I was serious, she said, what can I do to help you? Wow. And she's helped me every step of the way, and I, we couldn't have done the, uh, the church and, and ministry as successful as it is without her help. And so uh, now, 18 years later, uh, we've got a thriving church where we're doing great work uh, in Irving, and the surrounding communities, and I just think we have a fine uh, ministry, and we're thankful uh, to the Lord for that. That's awesome. So starting right here in the living room, 18 years later, it's what, seven, eight hundred? Uh, About that. Yeah. Wow. We well, we're probably a little bigger than that, but it's we we, we count people that actually attend right. that show right. up on Sunday. Exactly. Not yes. the people that's on the road. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to count it, though, right? Yeah. All right, so Jonathan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Age, grade, what school, what sports? Um, I'm Jonathan McGill, 16 or 17, just turned 17 in July. Uh, go to Coppell High School, uh, play football. Used to play basketball. Uh, quit just to focus everything, all my time on football, just so I could be the best athlete on the field that I could possibly be. 
Did your older brother play football? Yes, Jarrell played football. Uh, he was a receiver and I was a safety. Oh. So in practice, we used to go against each other. He used to try to dog me out in front of his <laughs> friends. So it was a it was a fun time. My freshman year, he was a receiver and he he's at Texas Tech right now as a receiver. Okay, I didn't realize he played at Tech. Okay, he's he's walking on. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So did y'all play on the same team then? Yes, sir. Capel. So how was that? Oh, it was great times. Uh, finally, we can play with each other again. Uh, we played we played with each other when I was about five years old, and I didn't know what I was doing, so I, it wasn't as fun as it was my <laughs> freshman year. But it was a great, great time. I was friends with a bunch of his close friends, and it was just a fun just a fun year for me as a freshman. That is cool. So did your daughter play sports? No. <laughs> she, she did not. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's just like our daughter. Yes, no. She's focused, she was focused on the books. <laughs> That's good. So I got a question for both of y'all, or either one of y'all can answer it, Norris or Tanya. Is parents, I know as a young parent myself, balancing multiple kids and multiple sports can be difficult. So talk to us how you did that and advice you have for parents on that. Well, when they were younger, it was a lot more challenging um, because they had they couldn't drive, and we had to make arrangements to drive. So when they were younger, we kind of steered them into uh, playing one sport in one season. Mm-hmm. So we didn't do multiple sports in the same season just because you know we were in ministry and it was hard. But as they got older, it was a lot easier because. When Jarrell was home, he would drive and Jonathan would ride with him. Mm. And now Jonathan drives, and so it's a lot easier than when they drive. I like that. We've tried that. One sport, one season. Right. Yeah. Yes. Because you, you, you could really uh, paint your car yellow and put a taxi sign mm-hmm. on it. That's right. It's just that kind of uh, business that, that they have when they're in that season. So we had to kind of put, a, put some boundaries around it. That's good. So talk to us about staying with Norris and Tanya about, you know, you talked about ministry being busy, being pastors of, of a church that is thriving, but you're also involved in the local community. I know yes. in the football booster club. So how do you balance your role as church leaders? Because we know pastors don't have time off, don't have days off. So how do you balance that with also giving back to your and involved in your kids' schools and, and activities? Well, uh the uh, the iPad with the uh, calendar on it is my best friend <laughs> <laughs> because it fills up pretty quick. But we we leave time uh, to uh, to be at his games. We actually control our schedule, and you know right now he's the only uh, child in the house, and so uh, every time he has something, what we do is we make sure that we're there. Uh, but my wife, she wouldn't. It's just in her DNA to volunteer. So no matter how busy her schedule was, she would be in the schools. And she's always done that even when they were in elementary school. She's always been a part of their education. And uh, when she goes, I go. That's good. So thankfully, we do have the uh, luxury of setting our own schedule. So Thursdays and Fridays are all about football. <laughs> Thursday, our, our responsibility on the board is we're meals directors. So on Thursdays, we're feeding JV, we're feeding, feeding freshmen. And then on Friday, we um, set up the meals for the varsity. And of course, Friday night, 
it's all about football. So it's a good thing that I have a good boss. Yeah. <laughs> that gives me the flexibility to set my schedule. And, and we also have a good team at the church. They yeah. understand, and we actually let them know our family comes first. This That's good. Is, this is the only time that we'll have. We'll never have this time again. Right. And That's so, a good word. Yeah. So what we do is, is uh, they partner with us. Right. And when we can't be there, we've got people on our team that, that steps in. Right. That's good. That's difficult. I know as a dad, yes. you know, I always try to remind myself that I'll never get these days back. Nope. But sometimes it's easier said than done, but yes, that's definitely. good. So, Jonathan, talk about what it's like to grow up in a pastor's home. Um, and also, not only that, so you got your past, your parents or your pastors that are also involved in your school. You know, <laughs> what, what's that like, and does that have any impact on even your friends? Well, growing up in a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, really just growing up around my parents being everywhere was something I really had to kind of accommodate myself to once I hit high school. Elementary school, you kind of love it. You love seeing your mom every day. You love seeing your dad. Middle school, you start growing up and venturing out and finding more friends and more niches that you can do. And seeing them give out meals, my middle school, I, w- I wouldn't second question it. It was just normal. But come high school, now you get all your real friends and coaches coming up to you, talking to you. Oh, we saw your mom. Your mom says hi. <laughs> uh, my mom texting me all the time, you know. But I mean, it's it's just it's a it's it's uh, comforting just to know that they're always there, always have my back, always can protect me. Uh, last week, I actually left my jersey at home, and luckily. My mom had enough time out of her schedule. She was at the uh, she was at Jay Macklin's handing out meals to bring my jersey and give it to me while uh, I couldn't go because I was in team meetings. But growing up uh, in a church environment was um, it, me and my brother kind of loved loved the environment a little bit. Uh, if you say we it would give us something to do on every day of the week. We would <laughs> always be at the church, especially growing up uh, around kindergarten through about fourth grade because my sister didn't have her license so we would always be with my parents <laughs> so monday we would uh be at be at the church tuesday be at the church wednesday we had bible study me and my brother would go and uh try to find some snacks in the vending machine <laughs> and just venture around and kind of just uh just have fun with each other we used to find some rolly chairs roll down the hallways with them make skid marks on the floor um but uh, it just helped. It also helped us kind of with a, with our faith mm-hmm. uh, more than just kind of just growing up and just trying to find your own faith. We would always be in church, always hearing about God, and I think it hit both of us about uh, eighth, my seventh or eighth grade, kind of that we need to establish our own relationship with God, not just our parents can't get us to heaven. We need to do something ourselves. Amen. That's good. So that was going to be my next question: Was at what point did you? realize that your faith is your own because a lot of people try to tag on to their parents faith and that's something we try to instill in our kids too and hopefully people listening get that that it's a personal relationship that's good absolutely all right so let's talk a little bit sports you're a junior um i'll throw it out there very gifted talented athlete um and doing a little um research on this i saw a lot of videos from the summer all the camps you went to and all the highlight reels and i know living in coppell Jonathan McGill is a household name in town, and I've got two boys, and they talk about Jonathan McGill all the time. So um, with that, not just local attention, but, I, but now national attention, how do, you, 
How do you remain humble through all that? Well, I have a lot of people... I'd say my whole family keeps me humble. There's no, there's no, there's no good games or you had a great game after every Friday my dad come on the field. Oh, you should have made this play. You should have you dropped that ball. And I go in the locker room and I have 10 texts probably from my brother. Next time do this. You got to be more aggressive. You got to. Uh, have the have the mindset that you're not you got to stay in bounds you got to get out of bounds in two minutes or you got so it's, I always have people talking to me I have um, trainers just everybody just keeping me humble and my friend group I would like to say we 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 don't like getting the big head because once you get the big head you get too confident you get overly confident and you start acting like something you're not so. I'd like to say my friend group keeps me humble. My parents for sure keep me humble. And my brother for most definitely. <laughs> That's good. So with all of that, does that have any impact on your friendship? I know a lot of your friend group are on the team, but friends outside of the team, do you see more people wanting to be your friend or do you have to be a little more guarded? Um, well, sometimes uh, you have to be a little bit guarded with some people. You can tell what their intentions are kind of off mm. the first conversation. If it's, coming from compassion or I'm trying to be a friend or if it's just I just want to hang out with you because you might go D1. So you have kind of you can you have a feel for people. I feel like being around my parents are great people persons, great people. Per, yes, people persons. So um, I kind of just get me and my brother and my sister kind of just get a good vibe off people kind of just during the first conversations that we have with them. That's very good. So, Norris and Tanya, kind of the same questions. I mean, you got a son who's getting all his attention. Um, just a junior, still got a senior year ahead. Um, how do you all remain humble as parents? Because you see the, the talent on the field on Friday nights, and I'm sure you get a lot of people wanting to come talk to you all as well. So how do you remain humble and then through that? And also, how do you see God working through that platform or opportunity that you've been given yeah. through this success? I think for me, I'm always aware that every gift that Jonathan has came from the Lord. Amen. It's not about him being special. It's about God blessing him. Um, and I think Jonathan has an amazing work ethic. He is one of the hardest working young men I know. He, as much success as he's had, he still pushes himself. So we push him, but he still pushes himself. Mm -hmm. he, he works very hard, and he's had a passion since he was probably about five years old, to be a great football player. All his stories in elementary were about football. And he's been studying film since he was younger, so I think his work ethic, coupled with the favor of the Lord, has just given him you know, great platforms. And we tell him, you have a responsibility to glorify God. It's not just make yourself look great, because it ain't. we're not great. It's all about giving God glory. So, um, And I, I, I recognize that, too. And so what he was talking about, he was getting a good vibe. We call that discernment. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we ask for discernment to, you know, even as we're looking at, he's looking at colleges. We're asking him, don't just look at the football program. Mm. Is this a place you want to live? Is this, is, are these people you want to be around? Like, what is this bigger than it's bigger than football and so we just keep focused on we're servants and we train our kids to be servants and so we recognize it's just not about us that's very good and it's a 40-year decision with as, as far as the college is concerned not a four-year decision that's the way we're looking at it but growing up i saw uh, with me i saw people with great talent great ability um, and once they got success it went to their head 
and even um, some guys that, that actually went to college, and it just got worse and worse progressively. And they ended up not doing anything. Mm. They wasted it because they couldn't handle it. Um, the success and it went to their and they changed they treated people different and so I knew I would never be that way and then I would not allow anybody in my family to be that way I would always let them know uh, to stay focused and, and and in reality he can't get the big head because he hasn't accomplished his goals yet. right mm, right that's good and yeah. so you know until you accomplish your goal uh, how can you have the big head? Right. You know, the you way I see you having a ride, but right. you're still you're still, still you're still trying to get there. Mm -hmm. uh, and then finally, the ultimate uh, goal for all of us is to hear well done. That's right. Amen. And That's right. you you can't you know you can't get the big head until you you can't even get the big head then because you're going to be so appreciative. But to hear well done from the Lord. Amen. Uh, Amen. That's the ultimate. Uh, that is good. So does your success and all this attention hearing from colleges, has it had an impact on the relationship with your brother and sister at all? Oh, uh, not at all. My brother or my brother and sister, are, we've always been tight. Uh, just kind of since I can remember, my sister's always been getting me and my brother to do crazy stuff. <laughs> Uh, playing dentist with toothpaste, and she's the <laughs> she's the dentist trying to trying to fix our teeth using uh, whipped cream. Even sometimes, uh, just I feel like our relationship is just so tight that no nothing nothing can affect can affect our relationship. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that is very good. Supportive. That's a good testimony yeah. of a, of a good family. So, Jonathan, talk about uh, maybe your greatest memory or accomplishment so far in in athletics. Um, I'd probably say my greatest accomplishment or, or I'll probably say my greatest memory was when uh, me and my brother, or it was probably my saddest memory, but it's the most memory or it's the most memorable memory I'll ever remember. Um, clocks winding down, we're losing against DeSoto last play and uh, the horn sounds and we lose. And only thing that hits me is like, man, it's over. So, all the hard work we put in in the summer, all the practices we went to, all the games that we played in, it's over. So, I kind of just looked at him, and I got kind of emotional a little bit. And I was like, man, it's over. He was like, nah. He was like, he was like we're going to play with each other in the league. So, just keep grinding for that. I'm going to keep grinding for that, and then we're wow. going to play with each other. So, that's probably the most uh, – that's the – Highest moment I've ever remembered. What about your greatest challenge or disappointment? Um, my greatest challenge was probably making the jump from eighth grade to varsity as a freshman. Um, so kind of going from playing with 14-year-olds and 13-year-olds even, and people that's just now starting to learn how to play football to varsity players, 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds, and I'm 15, weighing a buck 50. Wow. <laughs> so um, it was kind of a hard challenge. I was just working out a lot. Um, now you're playing, there's different schemes. When you go to varsity, it's it's a scheme. When you're in eighth grade, it's play cover two, we don't have any checks. Play cover three, we don't have any checks. Or you're blitzing and you don't have to worry about fitting inside or outside a block. So when I went to freshman, I, or when I went to varsity, I think I had the hardest time kind of 
learning the defense and learning all the calls and learning you can check and you have to check if they do this or if they do that. So I think that was the hardest part as of uh, making a jump, just the mindset that you have to have being a varsity football player. That would be very challenging. I know my son's in eighth grade. I can I can see. <laughs> and then you go to games on Friday nights. It's yes. very different. Yes. It's, a it's a big difference. So I wasn't going to ask this, but I, I pulled up something, I don't know, a month or so ago you put on Twitter, and it's just been on my heart. Um, just, I don't know, I just think about the world and, and where we are. You said you can't say you serve God and be ugly to people. Talk about that for a minute. Well, actually, uh I, my mom, my mother said it in a church. I forgot to tag, tag her in the tweet, but she said it and, and uh, it really, resi- re- or it really resonated. Resi- re- resonated in me. Because you, you look around in the world and you see everybody, oh, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I, I serve God or I do this or that. And you walk around the halls of school and you see people... Uh, tearing other people down or or not wanting to talk to somebody else because yeah. um, I'm too cool or I'm on varsity, you're a freshman. Or, so when my mom said that, it kind of hit me with a reality check a little bit. Uh, you're not you're not where you're supposed to, or no matter how big or how successful you get, you can never forget that God and Jesus love everyone. Amen. So That's you have to love good. everyone just as your maker. Amen. So I feel like that really sat with me. That's good. I think one of the, I think your mom or dad retweeted or whatever and I saved it cuz I thought wow, if the world we just understand that cuz all so many I get so frustrated with people calling themselves Christians and then you look at social media posts or yes. you, you know what they say at work or at yes. school and it's right. like okay, that's yeah. not adding up. So it's not computing. Yeah, so I, <laughs> but I thought I never heard it in those simple terms like that. Yeah. That's good. It's good. Very good. So Norris and, and Tanya, um, what would, what advice would you offer a parent? We talked about, you know, Jonathan living out his own faith, and so as parents, we want our kids to to live out our faith in school, and it's not always easy. Right. So what advice would you offer a parent that may have a kid that's they think is struggling to live out their faith? You know, I think you you continue to train them up. Proverbs 22, six says, train them up in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart. And so I think you keep planting those seeds. And there are things I find out my children heard that they never told me they heard. So you just keep planting those seeds of faith. And I think more importantly, you live your faith Mm. before your children and you encourage them. We encourage our children, even though we're pastors, we tell them, ask us questions. Like, if it doesn't make sense to you, ask us. We want you to be sure. Like, we don't want you to just accept it because we said it, but we want you to study to show yourself approved. So we encourage them to ask questions. We encourage them, you know, to talk to, to, to God on their own. We encourage them to talk to other people, you know, because that way they'll know for sure. It's not just what we said, but they have their own testimony and they have their own experience with the Lord. So that's what I would encourage them. Just, just put it in them and trust what you put in them. That's good. And of course, being a pastor, this may sound just a little biased, but get involved in a local church. Yeah. Amen. That's there, true. There, Amen. There is, there is no better place um, for your children to, than to be in a good local church. Mm-hmm. And it's something that they can do. You know, they can 
hold the camera, they can drive the golf cart, they can serve, serve in some capacity in a local church. And we've always encouraged our, our kids, not just, we didn't just send them, we took them and we made sure that they got involved doing something. Um, and while they're in that environment, they're gonna catch something. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's so much going on in terms of the word going forward, good people there speaking into their lives. And I know we, we've had good people in our church that we didn't even realize that would speak into their lives. They right. would just call them out and say, hey, I see something great in right. you. God's gonna really do something with your life. And they never forgot that. Right. Um, and so I would encourage them to, to, to make sure that they were in a local church and serving in some capacity. Yep. It doesn't have, they don't have to be on the stage preaching right. or singing. Uh, it's something that they can do in that church. It's That's good. very good. It's good. Very good. So, Jonathan, we have, I know, a lot of student athletes that listen to this podcast, even coaches, and um, this is something I talk to my son about a lot, about living out his faith in school when it's not popular. It's not popular these days to, to be a believer, especially in the locker rooms. So what advice would you offer a student athlete to live out their faith? Um, because like it or not, sports is a platform. can be used for good or bad. That's true. Um, and it's a platform that not everybody gets. So what would you say to uh, a student athlete? Um, just just be the person you've been brought up to be. Uh, if your parents are Christians or if you found Christianity by yourself or through a friend, just be that person. Don't care or don't think about what other people say because in the end, uh, other people won't mean anything to you when you're with God. That's right. So just do – Just I, as for me, I kind of just – Every pregame, I have I go through the same thing. I always go out before. I stretch. Uh, I kind of pray. I jog around the field. I pray. I go back in, um, and then I just put gospel music on and just go in an area by myself. And I kind of just just ask the Lord for protection for my team and the other team. Help to just give everybody just the courage, the strength. Give me the knowledge. Just let me do everything that I can do so I can have a bigger platform to praise you. So, very good. good. All right, the last question. Every episode we do, we ask everybody the same question. So, it's about being all in. Our organization is called All In Sports Outreach. And when that came from Colossians 3.17, no matter what you do in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, I know the first two words, all in, is real big in sports. I know Baylor basketball's used it, Clemson's used it, Auburn's used it. So, what does that mean? I want all three of y'all to answer it, but... In particular, what does it mean to you personally to be all in your walk for Christ? Well, uh, the, one of the things I love about the Lord, He doesn't make it difficult. Um, you're either saved or unsaved. You're either right or wrong. You're either, it's either light or dark. That's good. And so you can't, you can't serve Him without being all in. So to me... It's like when Joshua said, choose you this day, who you going to serve? As for me and my house, we're all in. We're going to serve the Lord. Yeah, and man. so to me, it, it means that there's, there's nothing else that we live by. And in this house, we've made the decision. We live by the word of God. That's it. That's the final authority in this house. And so there's no secondary. There's no plan B. There's no plan C. All in to us or to me. Uh, it, it means uh, we're 100 uh, percent sold out and we're bought in to what God is saying. Very good. And all in for me is 
a lifestyle. It's who I am. It's not what I do. So Ooh, I like there, that. there have been times when I have been in the football stadium, and before I knew it, I said, Jesus, real loud, <laughs> 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 because that's just who I am. And, and so I don't look at being a Christian as an act. I look at it as a lifestyle. So when I'm all in, I can be a Christian in the booster club meeting. I can be a Christian in church. I can mm -hmm. be a Christian in the football field. I, I, I view that as my responsibility to make the Lord look good. So I want Jesus to shine wherever I am. And so that's what that means to me. That's very good. And with me kind of going off my dad, it's the same thing. You're either saved or you aren't. You can't Amen. fake it. So Amen. if you all in, you just 100% you're in. That's good. Well, thank you guys for taking a few minutes to to talk today. I've been encouraged by it. I know listeners are as well. And just know we'll continue to pray for y'all in your church. Thank and you. Jonathan, for you in this season as y'all enter this critical stretch of district play and as you continue to go through the recruiting grind as well, just know we'll be praying for you. Thank you. Um, and I just want to thank all the listeners that have listened today. And you can always stay in touch with us. If you're a Facebook user, you can go to All In Sports Outreach and Reach us through there, keep up with um, our events and send us a message, or you can go to our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Thank you.